Hi, I'm Arnav Rostogi, and this is Satvik Srinivas. And together, we are co-hosts of the Backfield Rift. Thank you for tuning in. And in this episode, we're going to recap an interesting week eight, which was defensive battles throughout. And look ahead to a fabulous week of football in week nine. With that being said, let's get right into it. Yeah, so, you know, we did an episode a couple weeks ago, and we were talking about all the offense and the historic numbers that these teams in the NFL, these offenses have been putting up. But then week eight, this past week, kind of gave you a taste. Again, you know, these defenses, it's not that they're all going to get rolled, and it still comes down to which team is going to get critical stops. And we saw a lot of that in week eight. And specifically, even looking at last night, Monday night, I know the Buccaneers won that game, but the Giants defense played so well and they forced the Buccaneers into four field goals. And despite turnovers by the Giants offense and Daniel Jones turning the ball over, they were still putting their offense in positions. And even at the end of the game there, when the Giants were down by five, the defense made a huge stop and got the ball back to the offense. And I think that's really what, what the Giants were last night, at least defensively, that's really what defenses are at their best right now in this league. Because with, with these offenses putting all these points up, when you hold an offense to three points, that's a win in every defense's book. And the Giants were able to do that consistently. What do you think about these defensive performances in week eight? You, you know, I think we said it towards the end of that episode that you were referencing that, you know, with these historical offenses, a lot of defenses know that they're not going to be able to stop these offenses from getting points on the board. But how many points they get is something that they can control. And I think that's what we were alluding to in that episode, saying that, you know, these offenses will put up points, but it's really what team is going to play bend but do not break defense. And those are the teams that are going to win. And I think we saw a lot of that on Sunday and Monday. You know, you're absolutely correct when you say the Giants' defense had many victories within the game in the sense that they were able to hold the Buccaneers to three points consistently and give their offense opportunities. Because this game, every if Tampa Bay scores every drive that they get into the red zone, into, into positive territory, into the Giants' territory, this game is over. It's going to get out of reach, especially with the Giants' offense you know, not, not performing to their best uh, ability. They're not, they weren't very efficient last night. And so the, the, the Giants played very, very good defense, and I think we saw a lot of that Sunday as well. I'm going to point to the Vikings-Packers game. You know, this game had a total of four possessions in the first half, all ending in touchdowns. And both teams knew that in the second half, whatever team would come up with the stop would win the game. In other words, whatever defense played better football, they would win the game. And the Vikings defense got the stop in Aaron Rodgers. Lo and behold, the Vikings win 28 to 22. We can look at the Titans-Bengals game. I mean, the Bengals won because they were able to, through their pressure, 
force Ryan Tannehill to get uncomfortable and throw throws that he's not necessarily used to throwing. And they ended up in interceptions. I mean, Ryan Tannehill threw a crucial pick in the end zone to start the game. And that really just set the tone for this Bengals team, which dominated throughout. And so you look throughout week eight and this trend continues. Do you agree, Savik? Yeah, and I think what it really is is what we were talking about. I guess you could take the the Ravens game, Ravens-Steelers, for, for example, and we all know how dominant that, that Steelers defense really is. And I think what really sets like some of these defenses apart is teams that play opportunistic football. And that's that's really, I think, an incredible way to describe what the Steelers were able to do against the Ravens in that game. The Ravens started off to an ex- exceptional start and they, they had a more than a one possession lead in the game. And it looked like Baltimore was in control and they were going to take care of business against the Steelers. But then Lamar Jackson started making mistakes, turning the ball over. And that Pittsburgh Steelers defense was, they, they were, they were getting the ball back and with, with the f- turnovers that they were able to create and getting the ball back to their offense and the offense was able to take advantage of that. And really, as we're talking about this, right, we all know that these offenses, they're going to put up points. And as you said, it's, it's not about stopping them from putting up points because you, you can't do that. They're, these teams are going to put up points. But it's really about how many points are you going to allow them because the difference between a touchdown and a field goal over the course of a game in many, many red zone trips that can be the difference of a game. And for the Ravens, that was huge missed opportunities, even in the red zone and interceptions. And, and that's really what it came down to. You know, if, if the Ravens played clean football and the Steelers defense, despite the start that they got off to, they, they got down early in the game. They were able to come back because they kept Lamar in the pocket. They got pressure on him. And it, it was up to him to win that game with his arm and he wasn't able to do that. And he made too many mistakes. And that defense was the reason that the Steelers were able to win that game. Yeah. And I mean, uh, we can look at the saints bears game, which I think is a replica of what happened in the Steelers Ravens game. The bears got off to an excellent start. And, and when people look at the saints defense this year, you know, they look at all the big plays they look at the weak secondary and, and the Bears exploited that. They got off to a 13 to three lead in the first half. But the Saints got back in the game because when it was second and five, they got a 15 yard sack. They forced the Bears to punt, get better field position. And though the offense is responsible for scoring the points, the defense is the one that put the offense in a prime position. And switching sides to the Bears defense, they played amazing in their own right. I mean, the Saints were in the red zone four times. All four times they had to settle for field goals, and one of them they missed. Now think about if they scored a touchdown on all of those. The Saints might be putting up 40 or 50 points on the Bears. But the score was 26 to 23 because the Bears defense got the Saints offense off the field, forced them to hit a field goal, 
force them to hit a field goal, and give the ball back to their offense. We can look at Tua's start as well. You know, congratulations to Tua, you know, throwing his first NFL touchdown and winning his first NFL game. Uh, You know, all the credit goes to him. I don't want to take anything away, but this game was really defined by the opportunistic Miami Dolphins defense. Yeah, 100%. And as you said, nothing to take away from Tua, you know, but let's be real about what it was. It, It wasn't really the Tua show. It was that Miami defense time after time. And and you look at that, the Rams ran some like insane amount of plays in that game. And I think Jared Goff threw the ball like 60 times. And despite all of that, it was still the Miami defense creating turnovers, putting their offense on the on a short field. And as you said, the offense might be the, the one scoring the points, but the defense has the ability to put the offense in prime positions. And that was exactly what this Miami Dolphins team did. Yeah, and and that trend held true in Sunday night as well. You know, this Eagles offense was struggling. And I know, Safik, you saw that as well, down 9-7 to at the half against a Cowboys team, which is pretty much an afterthought in everyone's mind. But it's the defense and the turnovers they created, how opportunistic they were, taking advantage of a Cowboys offense, which isn't very experienced, and and a, a... three rookies on the offensive line and Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, they showed up and they won the game for the Eagles. Yeah, Arno, that's a, that's a great point that you bring up. And, and speaking of opportunism, the Dallas Cowboys offense wasn't able to take advantage of the countless horrible interceptions and mistakes by the Eagles offense, particularly Carson Wentz. And I think that's really that that is in a nutshell the def like why the Eagles won. Because the the Eagles were able to capitalize on Dallas's mistakes and Dallas was not able to capitalize on Philly's mistakes. So I, I think that really what we've been talking about here, it it's clear, right? These offenses, record numbers, all these team have teams have offensive playmakers, explosive guys on the perimeter. So you can't stop them from putting points up you look at a guy like Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs no way in the world are you going to stop them from putting up points on the board but that that's really what it is you you can't hope to stop them but you you can slow them down and I think that's what these defenses the the great defenses in the league the elite defenses are going to slow these offenses down and as you said the two key things Set, make offenses settle for field goals, not, don't give up touchdowns, and create turnovers, get pressure on the quarterback. Yeah, and, and it's going to be interesting to see how week nine plays out. Because, you know, this, this was last week was really the first week that we saw, you know, these defenses really define the game. So it's going to be interesting to see in week nine whether that translates over or are we going to get more of the same with the offenses just exploding? And speaking of week nine, let's look at some of these enticing matchups. Let's start out with the Ravens Colts. Who do you like here, Sopic? So I actually, I'm actually a really, uh, I'm high on the Colts, right? I, I believe in their potential. And honestly, I think they could compete and possibly even win the AFC South over the Titans. But with that said, 
I'm, I'm looking at the Ravens here right now coming off another loss to these Pittsburgh Steelers. And I don't know. I find it hard to pick against the Ravens here. I don't think they'll lose back-to-back games. And it's, it's really going to come down to what the Colts defense is able to do. Pat, um, not Patrick Mahomes, sorry. Uh, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is going to be special. But I think the Baltimore Ravens defense was, will also be able to slow down the Colts offense. And it, it, it'll be a good game, but I'll take the Ravens. Yeah, it's – I find it scariest when a good team comes off a loss and is playing another team. That's really scary for me because a good team, when they lose, their coaches, their leaders, they all have a sense of urgency. They all know that they need to rebound and win this game, and that's why I find it very, very scary for the opposing team. When a really good team, a contender, loses because they better be ready. And so with that said, the Ravens, back-to-back losses and a bye week, there is no chance, in my opinion, for the Colts to come close in this game. The Ravens are going to win, and they will win handily because this team, they need a spark, and I think this game is going to be that spark to get the Ravens back onto their winning ways. All right, so now Seattle at Buffalo. What do you see happening here? Yeah, this is an excellent game. Excellent game. You're talking about the best team in the NFC versus a top three team in the AFC. This is shaping up to be an excellent game. And I think the Seahawks are coming off a dominant win over the 49ers. And the Bills looking a bit shaky over the past few weeks. But with contenders over the years, I've always seen that there's one game there's one game where they make a statement and they say, we are ready. We are ready to compete for the Super Bowl and we have arrived. And I think the Bills are going to send this message to the NFL playing the Seahawks. At home, the Seahawks, great win. I don't think they're really coming into Buffalo with a sense of urgency. I don't really think they have anything to lose the Seahawks, but I think this means a lot to the Buffalo Bills. Their schedule is going to get harder, and the team really needs something to that just that spark to get them to their winning ways, get them playing to their potential. And I think this is an upset. The Bills at home, I'm going to take them over the Seahawks. All right, Arnav, I definitely see this happening. But with that said, I am a little doubtful of what this Bills team is. 4-0 in September, in the first four weeks, 4-0. Then we've kind of seen them sort of fall off a little bit. And it hasn't been the same Bills team in these last four weeks. They go up against Tennessee and Kansas City. These have been their two best opponents and they've kind of been dominated in those games. And I, I, I think the Buffalo bills could win this game. I'm not saying they're going to get blown out or anything by any means, but I just find it hard to, to pick against the Seahawks. Well, I mean, they have fallen off, but you can't deny that there's, you know, the, the potential isn't there for them to come out, you know, show out and, and play a, complete and solid 
game against the Seahawks like they did, you know, in the month of September. No, I don't deny anything. And uh, this is definitely a team that has potential. That's the keyword. You said that they do have the potential, but there's a lot of teams that have potential and it doesn't necessarily pan out. And uh, well, we'll see. I'm going to be really, really interested to see what happens here. But just based on what I've seen these last four weeks from the Bills, I'm not, I don't think I can pick them over the Seahawks. Well, speaking of two teams looking to be dominant in the future, we have the Dolphins Cardinals this week. And over the past few years, I would never have thought to myself that this would actually be a game that would be competitive and the best games of the week. But we got Tua versus Kyler, and this is set to be a very, very nice game. What are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, as you said, these are going to be two quarterbacks of the future, really. I, assuming, you know, Tua pans out for the Dolphins, which I think he will. We'll see. We haven't seen anything from Tua yet, so there's not a lot to go off of with Tua. But just looking at the Cardinals at home, I see the Cardinals as a real contender. I, I think they'll make the playoffs. I think this is going to be a game that they're at home, and they're the better team in my opinion. I think they'll win. Yeah, Tua, in my opinion, doesn't have enough NFL experience. And I think the last time we saw this Cardinals team was against the Seahawks, where their defense and Vance Joseph played smart football and to the point where they were confusing Russell Wilson. And if Russell Wilson is getting confused by that defense, well, good luck, Tua. So Cardinals at home, I'm going to take Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. All right, Sunday night. Game of the week, Saints at the Bucks. Who do you have here? This is going to define the NFC South race for my Saints and the Buccaneers. And both of these teams have had their ups and downs in the season. The Saints have been ravaged by injuries. Their secondary hasn't played well. And the Buccaneers dropping some easy games in the Bears and nearly the Giants last night. For this game, I'm going to go with the Saints in Tampa Bay. Look, the Buccaneers have been playing excellent football. Their offense has been firing on all cylinders. But the last two weeks, it has been a decline. And I think it's a similar to the Bills, where they were super hot, 4-0 and in September. But we sort of saw a decline. You know, go Them go 2-2, two and two, the offense not as explosive enough. And that's sort of what I'm seeing from the Bucks now. The offensive line is not holding up. And if they're not able to hold up against the Giants front, well, good luck against the Saints, who have an amazing defensive line that can hold their own and hasn't allowed a hundred yard rusher in 49 straight games. And that's the third longest streak in NFL history. And the past defense has gotten better. Moreover, the saints are getting Michael Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders back with this Buccaneers team, not as dominant as they were in week five and week six, the saints getting healthier. I'm going to go with new Orleans beating the Buccaneers and taking control of the NFC South. Yeah, th this is a really, really tough game to pick. And for me, 
what, what I'm looking at here is right. And I don't know, I guess you could say the Buccaneers have sort of, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I guess, yeah, the Chicago game and last night, it's not exactly what you want to see, but at the same time, you look at that green Bay game, you look at the, that Las Vegas game, this offense has been improving. It's, it, I don't think they've really taken a step back. If anything, they've gotten better over the course of the season. And um, I'm not sure when they get Antonio Brown back, but regardless, whether he's going to play in that. I think I think Antonio Brown plays this week. He's playing this week. I think I, th- I believe Chris Godwin, uh, his health his health is an issue this week. So I think Antonio Brown is sort of going to take that role and share it with Scotty Miller and Tyler Johnson. Okay. And yeah, even now you throw in Antonio Brown into the mix, uh, whatever he can do. But regardless of that, like I'm just going off what I've seen so far with this Bucks team, even last night against the Giants, I know you can make that argument that the offensive line didn't look great. And they really, the Giants defense kind of did have the Buccaneers offense's number. But to me, what this Sunday night game, I think it's really going to, we're going to see a lot of similarities in between these two offenses. I, it's going to be really which offense is going to be more efficient. And you look at Drew Brees and Tom Brady. These are two of the most efficient quarterbacks. So now with all of that said, it's going to be a great game, but the Bucs at home, they haven't lost at home yet this season. And now, as you said, I think they're throwing Antonio Brown now into the mix. I just, I don't know. I think the Buccaneers are going to bounce back from the lackluster performance they had. And I just think they're, they are getting better as an offense too. I, I don't really see the step back. So yeah, I, I'm all in on the Bucks to win Sunday night and take command in the NFC South. But, but even in those games that you pointed to where you saw the offense be efficient, look at the fields they were put on. I mean, in that green, in that green Bay game, I mean, poor decisions and poor throws by Aaron Rodgers put the Buccaneers in scoring position, a pick six, and another pick that took them to the two-yard line. I mean, this game was over in mid in the mid-second quarter. And so you look at the offense, I mean, that offense didn't really score after that point. They didn't have to. And, and so, yes, you want to say they've been getting better, but, they, I mean, look at the positions that defense has put them in. And do I think that Drew Brees will put – the Buccaneers offense in those situations by making bad decisions? No. And so I don't know, have they really gotten more efficient? Because look at what positions in the starting, starting field position that they've been put in. Um, I understand the point you're trying to make with the Buccaneers, but you know, now looking at the saints, I guess you could make some, uh, another argument here that, if you look at these games, Detroit, they got down early. Against the Chargers, they got down early. Even Chicago, they got down early. And to me, really, if you get down early against this Bucks team, you saw what happened against the Packers. Tom Brady is not going to make those mistakes. He's not going to let you back into the game. And that's really – I just I just think the Buccaneers are – right now, you, you can make the argument that – the Saints and the Bucks are definitely on the same level. But to me, the Buccaneers are going to win Sunday night. That's just what I see happening. But I, anything could happen. Uh, I 100% see the possibility of the Saints winning. It's going to be a hell of a game. But I have the Buccaneers winning on Sunday night.
Yeah, it's going to be an interesting game, hell of a game. Uh, and we're going to have to wait till Sunday night, 8.20, to see what happens. With that said, thank you for listening to the 18th episode of our podcast, The Backfield Drift. Stay tuned for our next episode, where we'll recap week nine of the NFL season and look ahead to week 10. Until then, it's been Sotvik Srinivas and Arnav Verstogi. Stay safe and take care.